I turned the camera on and I walked behind the camera to, you know, I was going to walk on and then a gentleman walks out, do you, hey, do you remember me? And uh, yeah, I remember you. And uh, he said, uh, his name is Ashton. And I said, yeah, Ashton, I remember you from about four years ago. He says, has it been that long? I says, yeah, I think it's been that long. Uh, we've talked a couple times. I gave him some gospel tracks and uh, we talked for a few minutes while the camera was rolling. So I don't know what we'll do there, but uh, we'll see what happens. So uh, it was raining just a few minutes ago and it was cold and frigid. I thought I didn't dress enough. So I already had to take a couple layers off and put it in my pack because now the sun is out and it feels like it's about 100 degrees rather than about 50 degrees. So I don't know, uh, that's the season that we're in here living in the mountains uh, at high elevation with the mountains and the Great Plains. It provides a really a weird uh, situation for weather weird situation for weather. It's not like that. Like in California where I'm from, when it's hot, it's hot all the time. You know when it's hot, it's hot. When it's cold, it's cold. You know, there's not a, it's cold and hot within an hour of each other. That's really it. I complain a little bit because it's so frustrating for me and uh, I can't seem to figure it out. I like to figure things out and get them solved. That's kind of, I'm a problem solver and uh, I can't solve the issue of being out on the street in Colorado. Uh, most people don't have that problem because they're in a car. Well, I walk and I stand on the street for hours on end. And so I have not been able to solve that problem. Like right now, I'm still got too much clothes on and the sun's gonna probably shut my camera off. That's why I brought my umbrella just in case. In fact, I think I'm gonna do that. Uh, sorry about this, but I'm gonna have to do this because that sun is just irritating me to no end. How's that? I think that's pretty nice. <laughs> I'm gonna take my hat off because this I'm sweating up a storm. I'll put that right there. No, where am I gonna put this hat? I'll put it right there. All right, man, oh man. I'm leaving this on the camera because so many people they come out to meet me on the street and they stand, they spend three or four minutes with me. Oh, it's really nice out here, John. It's really nice. They jump in their car and they go down the road. And uh I say, spend a couple hours with me. You know, let's, let's walk a two miles to our corner, a mile and a half to our corner, and then uh, let's talk to a bunch of people while we're walking, and then let's pray while we're walking, and then let's get set up, and while we're setting up, people are kind of looking at you goofy. Let's, let's do a few things, and then let's stand out here for a little bit, and let's do a video, and then you tell me well, how nice it is out here.
Anyways, that's that's me. Uh, a little agitated because I'm tired, and uh, I had to do something that was very stressful today. And in the first part of these videos, I kind of talk about what's going on in my life. And uh, so I had to mail some a bunch of packages, three packages, and uh, that is very stressful for me. I don't know what it is. Uh, anytime I have to do paperwork or fill things out, I mean, I just literally go off the chart uh, of stress. I'm not a mental person. Uh, why the True Study book is so easy for me is beyond me. Because normally when I begin writing and uh, doing book work, uh, I, I just can't do it. I, mentally, I cannot overcome the fear of taking tests, the fear of uh, paperwork. The, all that fear just drives me insane. I mean, it just, it just, and that's why I'm still stressed right now. I just left the post office here a few minutes ago. And uh, just letting you know that we all have problems, we all have struggles that we have to overcome. Uh, that's why it's taking me so long to get to the post office. I kept thinking, well, if I calm down, I'll get there. Because I already knew it was going to be stressful. I said, no, today I got to just do it. Just, no, this is I don't do a thing else, and I get so stressed out that I got to go back home. Well, then so be it. So now you've got more information to gripe and complain about me or to, uh, to mock me and tell me how much I'm not a Christian <laughs> for all those who uh, do that to me. Uh, and give me all these Bible verses like I don't know the Word of God. Uh, I'm just telling you like it is. I could be real secretive and not tell you a thing about my life and, uh, and then I could edit my video where all you hear is the exact perfect things in the sermon and you don't hear any problems, you don't hear any situations or mistalk or misspeak. I cut all that misspeak out. And then you're thinking, man, John's really, uh, he really has it together and all this uh, accolades and all. But you'll find out when I leave everything on the video, you go, wow, this guy's a mess. Yeah, I want to be an example. You don't have to be perfect. God tells us to be perfect, but that really is a process. We're perfect in Christ. The moment we're saved, we're, we're sealed with the Holy Ghost. And we've got it. God bless you, man. And, uh, but there is a work to do after our salvation. I guarantee it. It's not automatic. You just automatically become this wonderful, loving, kind Christian. Sorry, that's never going to happen. Well, I never say never. It could happen to somebody. It never happened to me. It never happened to anybody that I know. Uh, they've always had to kind of work things out. Work things out. I mean, you know, that's what frustrates a lot of Christians is I thought this was supposed to be easy. I thought all my problems were going to disappear. I thought all my uh, uh, de uh, earthly desires and lusts would disappear. <laughs> Lo and behold, you've got to battle all that stuff. Those become tools of Satan. Yeah, tools of Satan. And uh, plus I have my umbrella over my camera because that camera will shut off. It's already overheating. Uh, it's just I was doing the scripture short. It was hotter in blazes. And uh, why a phone has to get so massively hot is beyond me, but that's what it does. And, uh, but that's cameras. All cameras overheat, and they get hot, and they quit. So it, uh, anyways, so uh, that's a little bit of story of what's going on. So let's pray. So Lord, I thank you that uh, we can come out here to the street anyways in the hot sun or the cold weather. I mean, uh, whatever it is is whatever it is. And uh, we'll come out here anyways, and we'll lift the banner after this sermon here. Uh, this video deal and uh, we're going to give you praise anyways I'm ready to lift the word of God lift my banner of truth I'm ready to do whatever it is that you want me to do 
and I pray that others are ready to serve you however you want them to serve you, Lord. Yes, in your holy name, Jesus, we pray. Amen and amen. All right, so uh, how y'all doing? How am I gonna do this? Now I gotta open my Bible here with my band, with my... And plus, I've been up since about 4.30 this morning, and I was out ministering at 5.30 this morning, 5.35, and uh, got home at 6.15, took a shower, got everything ready to go for the class, and turned the class on, and started broadcasting at 7 o'clock this morning till 8 o'clock, and then I started working on other parts of the ministry till about 10.30 or so when I had to leave. Amazing life, serving the Lord. Yeah, another thing a lot of people don't understand, you know, most people work a five-day job, 40-hour a week, eight-hour a day, 40 hours a week. That's what most people do, generally speaking, here in America. Uh, but that's never been my life. I've never worked a Monday through Friday shift other than a couple times I got out of the truck to be with my family. Uh, I work around the clock uh, as a long-haul trucker. And I work around the clock and I work every day of the week, seven days a week. And I work every holiday, every birthday, every anniversary. I'm never home. And uh, a lot of people complain. That's why that turnover is like 150, 200% in the trucking world. But uh, stayed out there a long time, 40 years, 33 million miles. And uh, I sort of do the same thing now. Uh, but it's when I would get off the truck, I would take two or three days off, you know? So uh, my last 20 some odd years with Yemen Trucking, I only worked, uh, I would work around the clock for two or three days, then I would take two or three days off. Yeah, I wouldn't do any work. And then I would work around the clock for two or three days, then I'd come home and take two or three days off. And I did that for 25 years. So I basically work uh, a month in two weeks. I, work, I do a month's worth of work in two weeks. And then I take two weeks off combined. So that means I do a year's worth of work in six months, and I take six months off. Uh, it's kind of how it would average out. So, you know, I'll work, uh, you know, <laughs> that's, you know, the life of a fireman too. You know, firemen work the same schedule. They work a 48-hour shift, 50, you know, whatever. And uh, so I'm not used to this six days a week work. This has never been my lifestyle. I've always had many, many days off in a row as a truck driver. Because when I get off the road, I take a bunch of days off. I stay off until I'm ready to go back to work. Then I call the boss and say, okay, I'm ready to go back to work. He says, all right, well, you know, here's the load. And they give me a load and I'm off and running again. But uh, that was why I stayed in the trucking business because uh, I, can, I can run my own time, run my own schedule, so to speak. And if I need to take a couple of months off, I took a couple of months off. But that's why I chose to be a truck driver. And I chose that when I got out of the military. Because I liked time off. I hate working. <laughs> I hate working for other people. <clears throat> but I have, uh, anyways, so that's some of the struggle we all have to deal with, right? I just, just letting you know, I mean, people just think other people are having a good and you're the only one having a bad. That's not the case. We all have rough times. We're all living with Satan as, our, as the God of this world. Uh, even though Jesus is our Lord and Savior, 
we still have to deal with the devil and all of his problems and all of his situation and all of his wrath and all the darkness and all that other stuff going on. Amen? So I'm just, I was going to read a lot of here, but I'm only going to read one verse. And I'm just going to read the verse that I talked about in class today. Uh, in class today. So I said class and now I'm thinking about I need to do something. So here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to take... I'm going to put my hat back on and set this umbrella down. Because that sun's going to go over to the clouds in just a minute. Uh, what I want to do is, uh, now that I've mentioned class, I want to do a little commercial here. So this is a commercial break. You can take off and get your uh, uh, glass of water now and uh, come back in, a, in 60 seconds. <laughs> we have no button to skip ad. This is my ad. <laughs> so uh, this is the True Study book. This is the first book, book one. Uh, we're in a class. This, this book includes, uh, free of charge, 65 classes, 65 hours of instruction, 65 hours with this book. It's a 78-page book, 78 pages, and it's $9.27. That's the print cost, and uh, we've got eight of these coming out. We've got one in the, at the, on the bookshelf there at the printer, the book patch, and then we have number two up there, and here shortly I'll be done with number three, and that'll be up there. And each, each book takes about 13 weeks to go through, and uh, then we'll go into book two. Uh, we just finished class number 33 of 65, 65 classes. And it looks like I'll be going through the whole year, all uh, 260 classes, uh, all four books. Uh, pretty much made that decision with the Lord. And it's pretty much like a log book. Let me just open it up. It's, uh, this is most of it here. It's like a log book. And in the front of it, uh, we have instructions. So the several pages in the front here are all uh, instructions, instructions, and a little bit of instruction in the back here. Uh, but it's primarily a log book. It has two parts of the log book. One part is your service unto God, and then the second part is your service unto mankind. So you seek first the kingdom of God, and then all the everything he adds to you, or you love God first, and then you love man second, things like that. And uh, we teach all this. This is a tool to get us into the Word of God. It's not a teaching. This is not a Bible study. Don't come to our class expecting a Bible study. It is not a Bible study, period. So I've had many, many people come here thinking, oh, we're going to do a Bible study. And then they gripe and complain at me that uh, I thought this was a Bible study. I've said it probably a dozen times. This is not a Bible study, okay? It's a class on how to use this tool. Just like when you go to orientation, when you go get a new job, uh, generally speaking, in most new jobs, there's some sort of an orientation period. And they walk you like when I was it before I owned my before I uh, I went to Youngman Trucking. I had many jobs before that trucking jobs. And every time I'd go to a new trucking company, uh, they would set me for an eight hour uh, eight hours of orientation required to before you assign your truck. And so he would go through all the paperwork and all the logs and all the stuff we had to fill out and all the stuff and where to go, what to do with their company. All right. And uh, that's what this is. Our classes are like a real long orientation period, uh, orientating, you, orientating you to the Word of God rather than me or some church or some pastor or some minister out there in his book. 
I had somebody email me here a few days ago, says, oh, what books, teacher, what books are you using in your class? <laughs> Look, and I text back, I said, uh, the King James Bible, period. I sent it off. <laughs> That's the book we're using, the King James Bible. Uh, this is not really a book, it's just a log book. That's all it is. But uh, it's really important, it's very, very valuable. Uh, and, uh, yeah, okay. So if you want to get it, uh, you can go to the book, B-O-O-K, the T-H-E, B-O-O-K, patch, P-A-T-C-H, dot com. That's our printer down in Arizona. And uh, you, when you get there, like front cover of that page, that website has an ugly picture, but there's nothing I can do about that. But in the top header bar, it says bookstore, and you click on the bookstore, and then there's a search bar, and you can type in uh, GEC True Study, and my, uh, my books will come up. And you can purchase it there and that's uh, 927 plus shipping and handling there's no profit intended there's no profit for me it is exactly the cost of the of the printing that's it no profit intended <laughs> no no pun intended no profit intended all right all right so uh, let's uh, just hang on a second hang on I had to check to see, make sure the camera is running because it does shut off. All right, so let's uh, let's drop down to uh, verse uh, 12 here. Uh, let's go to number 11. And God wrought special miracles by the hands of Paul. Uh, special miracles by the hands of Paul. Now you you understand that he's identifying these miracles as special. That I'm going to read in just a second. He's identifying them as special. But understanding miracles are part of God's kingdom. There are signs, wonders, and miracles that follow the ministry of Jesus Christ and follows all the ministers of the Lord. All signs, miracles, and followers follow the preaching of the Word of God. And uh, even if, you don't, if you're not filled with the Holy Ghost, you still have signs following your ministry. And that sign, if you're preaching the Word of God, will be those who receive Jesus Christ as their Savior. Okay? And, uh, yeah, so praise the Lord. I am so hot, I can't even stand it. That sun, it feels like it's a million degrees. It's what it feels like. It feels like the sun is not like, because the air temperature is cool, cold almost. But the sun feels like a magnifying glass. Like it's just like a laser beam. It's really, and uh, the reason why is because the ozone layer, the pollution here in the front range is so horrible that it's thinned out the uh, the ozone layer that's above this part of the country. It's horrible. But I'm in the mission field, and uh, if God took this ministry off me, which he won't and will not, uh, but if he did, I'd be out of here this afternoon. <laughs> that's, how, huh, that's how much I hate Boulder. <laughs> to tell you like it is, man, I mean, I want to be honest with you. I don't want to sugarcoat things. I mean, people, I'm so sick of people. They sugarcoat everything and they make it sound so good. And then when they go off and they're all by themselves, they bitch and moan and complain all by themselves. Yeah, then they come out here and they're all sweet and nice and all. And I think, man, oh man, get real with the people. So they, so because the people are all griping and complaining, especially about the, the filth and the dirt in their cities. And all the people are screaming and yelling and they're, they're going insane. And nobody knows what to do with the homeless. They're camping out all of our parks and throwing trash all over. People don't know what to do with that, you know? And so speak it out, man. I mean, I mean, just, 
I just it's just really frustrating because I had some guy walking down there was screaming and yelling at the top of his long ass at me. I mean, he was insane, virtually, virtually insane. He was literally crazy. Walking freely on the streets of Boulder, screaming at the top of his lungs, walking back and forth because of drug addiction and all the wicked drugs are in our country that no politician wants to deal with. That's why our open borders. What they say, three million people have come across the border since Biden took over? I mean, what is that all about? Look at all, and hundreds some odd countries have been represented. I mean, it is like serious, serious business that nobody knows what to do with. Over 2,500 have been shipped to Denver. I just saw a couple days ago that uh, Governor Polis, who I'm praying for every day, said we have spent $50 million on the refugees, what do you call it? I think you call them refugees, coming into Denver from the southern border. And uh, the United States government hasn't reimbursed them. And that's our tax money that's paid for all these illegals. Yeah, but nobody knows what to do with it. But just spend millions and millions and millions of dollars, but don't clean the streets. You see how frustrated I am? because nobody wants to address the truth because everybody lives in rose-colored glasses. Everybody lives with a blanket over their head, a basket over their head. I tell you, preachers need to get people to wake up to the world around them and quit teaching people how, oh, how to have a wonderful life, how to make a lot of them. I mean, I was listening to four or five preachers here yesterday and the day before, and none of them talked about the truth. It was all about how to have a great life today on earth. And it just infuriated me. And they had tens of thousands of likes and, and subscribers. And uh, one of them had a couple million, five, was it? Uh, a million and a half, two million subscribers. I mean, it was insane. You know, 400, 500,000 views of how to have a good life and all that kind of stuff. But nowhere in there they tell you the truth. It's all a lie, a lie, a lie, a lie. And people say, well, I, I respect that man. He must be telling me the truth. See, I'm hot because people don't tell the truth. And so my, my objective, my, what I've been thinking lately, is I'm trying to pray that people wake up and see the lies. That changed this morning when I was praying, maybe a couple days ago. I said, Lord, open our eyes not to see the truth anymore. We can see the truth, but open our eyes so we can see the lies. So open our eyes so we can see the lies going on from Satan, the father of lies, and see the truth from the word of truth. Truth. And then when you have that information, now you can make a decision. Do I want to believe a lie? Or do I want to believe the truth? Yeah. But if all you talk about is this sugar-coated truth, not really the truth, but just this here, and you never talk about the lie, then it's like one-sided, you know? So I'm, my prayer kind of changed yesterday, a couple days ago. So Lord, open our eyes so we can see the lies going on and open our eyes so we can see the truth going on and then give us a heart to understand the lies and understand the truth so we can make an intelligent decision. Because Deuteronomy 30:19 says, God places before us lies and truth. Blessings and cursing, right? Heaven, heaven and hell. He said, choose this day. But he said, it's like an open test. But choose this day. Choose life, that thou and thy seed may live. He tells you, here's death, here's life. 
do you know what you should choose, he says? Well, he says, the best choice that you can make, if you, if you have uh, cursings on one side and blessings on the other, you have death on one side and life on the other, you have lies over here and you have truth over here, you have the God of this world, Satan, and you have the, the Creator, Almighty God, Jesus, the Word, what do you choose? One's going to hell and under the lake of fire. Okay, that's the result of this. This here is a life and life eternal, and that's with God in heaven, and you get to live for eternity in a new earth, new heaven, and a wonderful place, and have wonderful life. Here, you have gnashing of teeth. When the fire and brimstone never goes out. Eternal damnation. Over here, eternal salvation, eternal bliss, or whatever. So, you have to make a choice between lies and the truth. And now, if all you talk about is the lies, and you never talk about the truth, then, you, then really people they just run from the from the they run from the hellfire, like I used to preach for my first ten years. I only preached hellfire because I was going to hell, and that scared me, and all the stuff in that lifestyle I had till I was 20, 19 and a half or 20. That scared me so much, so that's all I preached for my first, you know, till I was about 29. That's all I preached. Actually, a little longer than that, but till I was about 29 or 30. That's all I preached. And, because uh, uh, that was what I was scared of. I was scared of that part there. And uh, I led a lot of people to the Lord. But now I want to preach that and the truth. It's kind of, you know, that's where you get healed. You can have a devil cast out. You can have your blessing. I mean, I hope that makes sense. Probably not, but I'm kind of rattling on because I got on my soapbox. Actually, I'm, I'm on the sidewalk. <laughs> and God wrote special miracles by the hands of Paul, verse 12. So that from his body were brought unto the sick handkerchiefs and aprons, and the diseases departed from them, and the evil spirits went out of them. So we use that verse uh, to, to, there's other verses that back that up. We call that a contact or laying on of hands. When you take your hand and you lay it on somebody and they shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover, you know, they shall lay hands, you lay hands on the people, you can baptize them in the Holy Ghost. So that point of contact, laying on of hands, is like a contact. And uh, these aprons and these cloths being put on the body of Paul was like a point of contact. You take the cloths and you put it on the people and they get diseased or free, set free and the devil's leave. You know, that's, those are, you know, or uh, you can go to church and they say, you know, uh, you go to the church and you can have oil poured on you for the healing, things like that. So a lot of times you put two things together, two things together to make things work, right? And if you don't have any of this stuff, you just have the Word of God, uh, what you put with it is your faith. Your faith in the Word of God can do miracles, right? Can do miracles. And when you, when you do that, uh, the Word of God is that desire that God gives you because you delight in the Lord. He gives you that desire. So God told Paul in some form or fashion that you're to take to yourself aprons and handkerchiefs and cloths, things like that, and uh, pray over them and uh, you know, lay them on your body or however he did it, however the Lord directed him to do that. And then those will uh, set people free and, uh, from the devils and set people free from diseases. Come in. Let me check, hang on a second. Okay, the camera's still on, <laughs> and I'm still on. 
I'll turn off in just a second. <laughs> All right. So special miracles, special miracles, uh, diseases departed, the diseases departed. So a lot of people think diseases come from, uh, uh, from God to punish us. That's a lie. Uh, they think uh, diseases uh, God created. No, uh, they just think all, they blame everything for God. Uh, and they, and uh, you see that people never use some devil's name. They never use Satan's name. They never use uh, some uh, religious leader's name other than only one, that is Jesus Christ as a curse word, one of our curse languages, uh, as all the other curse words, they lump Jesus and Christ in with, with cursing. Yeah, they don't use any other name. Yeah, because they're controlled by Satan. So that is a disease. So we, we Satan comes in our life and we can uh, disease our body by putting toxins in our body. You put toxins in your body and around your body, on your body, you're going to become diseased. Then God says, okay, uh, if you want to be healed, you can pray healing. And uh, let me give you a healing testimony uh, because God is a healing God. So here about uh, two years ago, I mentioned on one of my sermons that I'm praying about all the skin rashes. I had up and down both my legs and my stomach and my back with these big uh, blotches of red uh, blisters. And the blisters would become uh, like white and bubbly all over my legs and my stomach. It was horrible. And it would itch and itch and itch. I just want to claw my skin off. It was so incredibly uh, aggravating. And then it would go away and then it would come back and it would move to another part of my body. It's like a travel through my body on the skin. It's horrible. And I prayed and prayed and prayed that God would heal me. And uh, God didn't tell me to go to the doctor. Didn't do, God didn't tell me to uh, go Google it and see what it is. I just prayed. I didn't care what it was called. I just prayed that God would heal me because it was from Satan as far as I was concerned. Not God. God didn't give me this skin rash. So in my one of my prayer times, the Lord said to me, says, uh, when you take a shower, stop using soap. Stop using soap. Uh, did, I, did I hear you right, Lord? Uh, when I take a shower, don't use shampoo, don't use soap? Correct. All right. Seems kind of weird, right? Are you going to do that by faith? Or are you going to say, oh, God doesn't know what he's talking about? Well, I did that. So I just did, I not, I didn't use my uh, soap, shampoo, for like, I don't know, three months, four months, five months, something like that. And I, I know that the skin rashes disappear for a while. Then they reappear. So I was just waiting. I thought, well, they're all gone, but they're probably, I don't know if they're going to come back or not, but I'm going to keep doing it. So a whole year went by and the rashes didn't come. Now, two years have gone by, a year and a half, 18 months. You'd have to go find a video. I don't know where I, when I start praying this, but it's a year, 18 months, something like that. And those rashes have never appeared, reappeared. They're totally gone. I still don't use shampoo in the shower and I don't use any kind of body soap at all in the shower. I stopped using hand soap. I stopped using toxins and chemicals on my body and my toothpaste. I thought, well, that bad, toothpaste has toxins in it. So I cut it from the normal, uh, they say a pea size like toothpaste to just a dot of toothpaste. And then all, and now I just use it once. And then the other three or four times I brush, I use this water. Yeah, I just water. And in my, in my washing of my dishes, I thought, because sometimes the soap will stay on the plates. I don't use a dishwasher, I hand wash my dishes. 
So even in that, I cut my dish soap way back, and in most cases, I don't even use any soap anymore for the last two years because that goes in your body. Now, what's happened in the last two years? Number one, the skin rash is completely gone. It's not reappeared in any way, shape, or form in any fashion whatsoever. Number two, my skin, it used to be a real leathery, you know, really uh, scaly, you know, I mean, not all my body, but big portions of my body had, uh, it was just scaly, kind of hard, leathery, I'm, you know, and uh, kind of, uh, uh, you know, scaly. Scaly, hard, leathery type skin. And uh, uh, I thought it was just aging. It was just, I thought it's being out in the trucking world all my life. I just thought that's, I just attribute to that lifestyle. But what I found out, oh, and then, so now two years later after not using the soap, my skin from the top all the way to my feet are like, is like baby skin. It is so soft. I, I just, I just rub my skin and go, Lord, this, my skin is so soft. It feels like a uh, girl's skin almost. It feels like baby skin. It's so soft. And uh, it's just that way nowadays. And uh, it just amazes me. Uh, and so people can say, well, that's just a coincidence. But is it a coincidence? I don't think it is. I don't think it is. I think it's because I obeyed God. What does the Bible say? If you be willing and obedient, you'll eat the good of the land. Well, for me, good of the land is not having those red blotches scratching like crazy and having my skin feel like a, a, a an alligator <laughs> you know but now all the way even even some of the wrinkles in my face have begun to disappear it's amazing because i don't use soap anymore i told somebody here a couple days ago and they said well how do you disinfect your body well i mean whatever you know do whatever you know how to do i'm just giving you a testimony that diseases have left this body and evil spirits have left this body. So uh, it happens, man. So believe that God can heal you, all right? So let's pray. So Lord, I thank you that we can uh, uh, preach on healing, we can preach on deliverance, and you confirm your word with people being healed. People can receive their healing. People can be set free of devils. We can be set free of the sin of this world. How do we do that, Lord? We receive you as our savior. We can overcome Satan by the blood of the lamb and we can testify that Jesus Christ is our Savior. And we love not our life unto the death, to death. So we thank you, Lord. We just dedicate this time. We dedicate this sermon and this time out here on Walnut Broadway to you, Lord. And I just say thank you for what you're doing. Thank you for what you're doing. Lord, anybody needs to be baptized in the Holy Ghost, Lord, I pray that you baptize them now with, with the Holy Ghost. Give them new tongues and are able to prophesy, just like in Acts 19. There it goes. Just, just go ahead and do it. Yep, there it is. Just let it go, man. Don't worry about what other people might think. Just you're probably by yourself, anyways. Just pray in your unknown tongue. Your not unknown tongue, but your new tongue. Tongues of angels. There it goes. And uh, if you need to interpret, uh, just pray. Uh, Lord, what did I just say? And the first things that come to your mouth, just say it out loud in your known language, and that'll be the interpretation. All right. So thank you, Lord. So tomorrow uh, is uh, Thursday, and I think I'm going to be in Superior uh, in the rain. <laughs> it's supposed to be raining tomorrow, so I'll be over there in the rain, and we'll see what happens over there. Then Friday, um, second Friday of the month, I'm in Golden, Colorado, and the GS bus is now running, so I'll be in Golden on Friday. And uh, once again, I want to say before I go away, is on uh, 
on our set, uh, Sunday prayer letter. I did not write one this last week because of some situations on the street. And uh, uh, this coming uh, Sunday, the prayer letter will not go on the website. It'll only go out in email format. So if you're not on our email list, uh, you won't know what the Sunday prayer letter says. You won't know what the scriptures are. You won't know what corners I'm at, and you won't know what's going on. So uh, if that's okay with you, that's fine with me too. But if you want to know, you want to be up with our ministry, then uh, get on our email list, and you'll find out. It's just, I just I'm just spending too much time on Saturday in uh, dealing the Sunday prayer letter. So I'm going to cut it from five hours down to about two hours, if possible, maybe three. So uh, God bless you, man. We'll talk to you later. Okay, bye bye. Thank you.